before we get going with the episode, just a quick reminder that Tabletop Live Network happens this weekend. That's Saturday and Sunday, October 29th and 30th. We're going to be playing 24 hours of live board games for y'all. So come check it out. It's going to be our annual Trick or Twitch Ghastly Gameathon. Oh, that was a mouthful to say. I'm, I'm totally taking my time saying that. Um, so costumes will be involved. We're going to play some Halloween themed games and we hope to see you then. friends, welcome to Tabletop Tonight. I'm Ruel Gaviola and these are my top 10 games to play on Halloween. And you know, putting together this list was interesting because not all of these were like Halloween specific. Some of them are just like scary or whatever. And some of them are family friendly as you'll see. So I wasn't looking for, hey, you know, everything's gotta be about, you know, you know, pumpkins or whatever like that. So you're gonna see, let me know in the comments what your favorite games to play on Halloween are. And I'm gonna kick, I'm gonna kick things off with Friday the 13th Horror at Camp Crystal Lake. Now this one is from the op. This is actually a redo of a game called Quartz. And uh, Quartz, it is, you know, it's a fun little uh, set collection. Um, uh, what was it called? A set collection slash uh, push your luck. Uh, you're uh, jumping or you're grabbing uh, things out of the bag and you're trying to collect different sets to score different amounts of points. You have uh, cards that you're getting. Uh, you're you know doing abilities as well. I really love the push your luck of this and it actually ties in pretty well to the theme. So it's not scary by any means. I mean, it does look a little spooky, right? Uh, or, you know, spoopy as they say, but um, you know, you have Jason's uh, mask there and you know, he's there. It's pretty, it, the theme, uh, you know, it's gruesome, the movies and stuff, but the gameplay, it's not that bad, I think. Uh, Michelle and I, I know Michelle's not really in scary movies, and I, I'm not really in, into them much uh, these days anyways, but this takes away some of that scare stuff, but it's a lot of fun uh, pushing your luck, and it sort of ties in sort of thematically, right? I mean, you're pushing your luck against this crazy guy in a hockey mask, right? So as you can see there uh, in the video, Michelle and I played this on our live stream, um, uh, I think last year, uh, Camp Crystal Lake. You were just trying to go and match you know get all the different items to defend against jason if you pull out a hockey mask token you're just grabbing tokens out of a bag folks you know you can pull one out that's fine but once you do the second one you're out for the round you've been you know hacked and slashed apparently uh, but you're trying to you know get enough um uh, items there to collect different sets for different point values plays i think the only thing that um holds this game back a little bit is i, I don't know i think people thought it would be different. They, I think they expected like a, a different type of board game for this, but, and they sort of dismissed it when they, um, you know, it was compared to Quartz, I believe. You know, Quartz is, I think it was like more of a, like a uh, fantasy theme. Uh, this is totally not a fantasy theme. As you can see there, were the, the tokens and stuff, they're really great quality. And, you know, we had a great, a lot of fun with this. I think it's, if you like Push Your Luck, Set Collection, um, I think the thing that does hold it back a little bit, it's a little long. Like I would like this game at 30 minutes. This one pushes a little bit, uh, goes to 45 minutes, but if you're in the theme, you know, it doesn't matter. And again, on Halloween, uh, hopefully you have some time to, you know, be a, uh, a big ol' uh, double, um, 
uh, you know, a big old double, a, a, a big long uh, Halloween night uh, game, uh, night of gaming. So this one I think is a great one uh, to play, and that is our number ten, Friday the Thirteenth Horror at Camp Crystal Lake. Okay, moving on to number nine on the ten games, ten Halloween, ten games to play on Halloween is Mysterium. Uh, this is a classic, and you know, hey, speaking of classes, I, I got to show this off. You know, Will Wheaton on tabletop playing it with his friends. That's where I first saw this game many years ago before I was even into board games. But it's basically uh, Dixit, but with a really cool, scary theme. You're, you know, one player is the ghost trying to tell the other players without talking, but just using those uh, cards, trying to lead them, give them clues as to who murdered them, right? So it's this whole after um, afterlife theme. The theme is fantastic and it's really well done. Um, it's a, you know, a cooperative game and but there is I, I would say it's a semi-cooperative game because there is uh you know there will be one winner whoever can you know figure it out but it's really neat because you're trying to find out the clues based on like these little uh pieces of art and you know the player give the ghost player gives a clue and it's up to everyone else to figure out and as you go you're going to progress through each round and you know gather all the clues and figure out oh okay so here's what happened in this crime it's a brilliantly done game i you know, I haven't played in years, honestly. I, I it's well since the pandemic, of course, I haven't really played you know too much in person. But this one was always a hit back in the day, and it's still proved it's proven to be an evergreen. And for Halloween, perfect theme. And you know, just uh, you know, watching this, I, I miss tabletop. This is why I got into the hobby, folks. Will Wheaton, you know, put out a bunch of games, modern games, done in this wonderful style. I mean, just the pr top notch production, as you can see there, animation and stuff. Loved it and loved Mysterium. Okay, let's move on to our number eight, which is Ghost Love Candy 2. Uh, where is that? Um, I had a video for it. Maybe I don't. You know, I'm just going to do it right here. I'm going to type it in Ghost Love Candy. Oh, here, I looked for it before. Ghost Love Candy Game Ruel. Uh, I did this uh, last week. I ran through uh, some of the game here. Uh, as an overview and I ran through a couple of rounds. It's another game of set collection and a little bit of push your luck But I love the uh, hand management aspect of it Everyone has a hand of uh, ten ghost cards numbered one through or I think it's two through ten I forget if, there, if there's a one uh, but on your turn You're gonna select one and then play it face down then everyone simultaneously reveals and then you're gonna place those in turn order on One of the kids and you're just trying to scare the or I mean haunt the kids, right? If you scare them by, you know, each uh, kid has a number, if the threshold is broken, then the last player to break that threshold will using their ghosts will scare the kids. You don't want to scare them. This is a friendly uh, game. Uh, what you're, What is ha happening here is, oh, um, did I press? I did press that. Okay. Uh, what is happening here is you're just trying to collect candies, but if you do collect a kid um, into your tableau because you've scared them, most of them are negative points. So you don't want to scare them, but some of them are positive points and each one has a different ability. And that's where the game shines because then you can start moving things around. Some of them are used for end game scoring. Some of them are used to mess with your opponents. Some of them affect during uh, the round itself. Oh, it's really clever. It's done, uh, the designer, Danny Devine, is one of my favorites. Um, he's done some really cool games. Um, let me see, Kohaku is one. I believe Kohaku is one. But also, um, gosh, what was the one with the... Oh, man, now I got to look it up. Danny Devine. Let, let's... Uh, Danny Devine. Uh, here, I'll look it up here so I don't mess up the screen. Danny Devine is the designer of um, BGG. There he is. 
He, I mean, I know he's done a lot of my favorite games. And again, I'm recording this live, folks, on uh, October 21st, 2022. Um, and so my mind's gone a little blank. And here, okay, Sprawlopolis. Jeez. Why didn't I remember that? Circle your circle the wagons. Harvest dice, totally underrated roll and write. Topiary, that's the one I was trying to figure out. Topiary, the one where you're shaping like, you know, plants and shrubbery and the things that look like, you know, like a dinosaur or whatever. Love that game. So underrated. Kohaku, I mentioned, and then of course ghost love um candy too so wonderful game I mean, you can see the art here on the video lovely just very friendly art i think it's a great game to play on halloween especially if you got um a family over and that's why it's our number eight ghost love candy too let's go on number seven zombicide now zombicide i don't have a video for um I want, what i want to show though is an article that i wrote many years ago on geek and sundry which is now part of the nerdist so this is where you'll see on the nerdist um i there's a bunch of zombicides out there it's a dungeon crawl game you it's you versus zombies very classic tropes but i picked this one because this is probably my favorite green horde uh green horde is uh, a medieval like uh fantasy setting um it's got the zombies but you also got, you know, um, the characters like, I mean, you can see the little uh, catapult that you can try to, you know, get the zombies from far away. That's your distance. Such a good game. Um, I I don't play it as much as I used to. We, I remember, you know, I, I think I sold it a few times, but I remember at the game nights I used to go to, uh, it was really popular and a bunch of, uh, there was a bunch of different editions that would always float around. I got into, uh, like, I think I played the second one with the mall and uh, there's another one. Um, I think it was, no, no, the Green Horde was probably my favorite. Uh, but, you know, it's a dungeon crawl. Everyone has their own characters. You can level up, uh, add items and weapons and so forth. And you're just trying to eliminate all the zombies. Uh, each, like, floor or level has different missions that you're trying to complete, you know, and you find the exit and get the heck out of there. It's classic for a reason. It's, I mean, Cool Mini or not, Simon or Kaman, whatever you want to call it, they're still publishing stuff for it. And, I had to put this on here because I'm not going to kid you. I, I don't have a copy uh, any longer of Zombicide, but they just uh, they just announced that they're doing an Eddie of Iron Maiden special like character pack. So it's like Eddie that can a couple of different Eddies from if you know Iron Maiden it's like their mascot and it's like a mummy uh, like a monster mummy type thing. And I'm seriously concerned about picking those up just so I can have those minis. And if I'm going to have those minis, I might as well get, you know, I can find, I know I can find a used copy of Zombicide somewhere and just to play those minis because I think that's so cool. But uh, a classic for a reason. It's an evergreen, folks. Number seven, Zombicide. Uh, great game to play on Halloween. Let's move on. Oh, actually, I'm going to hydrate. Um, I'm going to hydrate real quick here. So we can move on to our number six uh, game to play on Halloween. The Night Cage. Ooh, this one. Um, <laughs> and here's, uh, if you watch us on Twitch, Michelle, Lauren, and I, this was last year, we played Night Cage, and there we are in our costumes and doing the gift, gift, gift uh, uh, theme song of table of uh, Tabletop Tonight. We This was a Tabletop Live Network run-through. And as you can see here, I love this game. It's a tile-laying game, a very, very scary theme. You are a prisoner trying to get out. And, you know, you're, it's, I, I believe it's like a medieval, you know, dungeon prison or whatever, because there's no lights. And as you can see there, each tile, um, well, let me see, okay, yeah, Lauren's doing it right now. You're trying to find keys. You need to find the keys to get out. But as you're playing the game, the tiles that you move along, it's really interesting. I, I haven't seen this in any other uh, tile lane game. As you move, you're going to remove tiles. So it's sort of like that whole, like, hey, you can't see, you know, you can see in front of you, but you can't see in back of you. Those tiles are going away. So you need to keep, you know, you need to explore, 
find those keys and get the you know the uh, the entrance or the key rooms will, or key spots will stay there and you have to figure out a way to get back there now they do have you know monsters and stuff that'll show up oh it's so clever and you know you have a stack of tiles that you have to go through you have a you know it's your timer as well if you run out of tiles boom done you are stuck in that prison forever loved it um it was, it was a great game for halloween uh, theme and you know it was pretty easy to pick up it, it it wasn't easy to uh to win i'll tell you that i don't know i don't remember if we won our game uh when we played on the live stream but oh fantastic game the night cage uh from smirking uh, dagger or smirking laughter games really really love that game okay let's move on to our number five which is whirling witchcraft whirling witchcraft friends is a new game from one of my favorite companies these days uh alderac entertainment group aeg this game is by eric anderson sundin a very cool and light engine builder, but it's also almost like an engine wrecker, right? So you're building your engine, and as you can see there, I've got the, that has nothing to do with uh, witchcraft, but um, on the stream, uh, Michelle and I were doing this during Halloween last year, and I had my Spock ears and my Spock shirt, but um, <laughs> I guess in some world, uh, there would be some uh, Star Trek, I mean, a time travel thing where they're playing a, a, a witching game. But as you can see there, Michelle and I, uh, you are you know in, grabbing ingredients to put on your work bench there uh, because your witch is trying to brew these potions and as you do you have the cauldrons and you're grabbing the ingredients um, based on your uh, uh, spells that you've created so those ingredients uh, the function is a really quick engine builder which uh, which i really dig so you're going to pump out you know, according to a spell that you have previously you're going to pump out some green ones then you can start uh, uh, using those green ones to pump out blue ones or red ones or yellow ones or white ones and as you do you're going to put those in your cauldron and then you're going to pass over to your opponents and uh, this is the fun part <clears throat> the opponents the cauldron you've given them you must take those ingredients and put them in your workbench now you can see there you have certain number of spots if you don't have a spot you're going to put give those back to your opponent as victory points and i think it's the first of five it's a really quick game and michelle and i always love this i've enjoyed this at uh, multiple player counts i've enjoyed all player counts and the way we've always descri described this game is it's basically that classic i love lucy episode <laughs> where Lucy and Ethel are making the candies on the uh, conveyor belt and things are just coming way too fast and they're like, you know, trying to, you know, find spots to put them and stuff and eventually everything just blows up on them. That's what this game is, Whirling Witchcraft. It's We've had so much fun. Again, a lighter game, a friendlier theme, perfect for family Halloween night, but I love this game. I think it's fantastic. That's why it's the number five, Whirling Witchcraft. Okay, number four. A little more uh, scary. Well, not too scary. This is uh, horrified uh, for our number four. And I'm showing here on the video another tabletop live uh, network event where our friends Crystal and Abby of Board Game Blitz played it. Uh, this is a cooperative game. If you've played Pandemic, you have a very, um, I mean, no, actually, no. If you play Pandemic, you have a, a, a similar feel to it. Um, you'll have an idea of how to play this, but this is more of a pick up and deliver game. Each of the classic universal monsters, like you have Dracula, the mummy, the werewolf, the creature from the Black Lagoon, all the classic universal monsters are here. And what you're trying to do is, uh, take certain items to defeat them and you're, there's different conditions for each one. Yeah, I think you randomly choose like three or two or three monsters at the beginning and those are the ones you're going to fight in the game. And so, you know, it has that point-to-point -point movement just like in Pandemic and you can share items with your uh, co-players um, and 
it's a lot of fun. The theme is uh, fantastic. Um, I love that the classic Universal. I, you know, if I'm looking uh, Halloween, I'm looking more to like friendly, scary. You know, the, to me, this is sort of like friendly, scary, right? Creature from Black Lagoon. Maybe when I was a little, little kid, I was scared. But, you know, it's more like, you know, funny and, and cute, I guess. But it's a great game. I, I had a wonderful time. I've had a wonderful time playing this, um, not only in person, but also online. Uh, Matt... I think the Silver Metal Tavern, I think I played with him on his channel and I wasn't able to find the video for it, but we had a great time with it. I believe we won. Um, I also played this, you know, with my family and friends. Always enjoy it. Um, it is, I would say, a gateway style game. So this is definitely something you can play uh, with new gamers. I think the theme really draws them in, especially around this time of year for Halloween. And you should be able to explain to them real easily, hey, we've got a few actions per turn. You can move, you can share, get, grab items, you can share items, you can fight monsters. Pretty much straightforward, but you know, obviously there's a lot more to that, but that's the basic gist of it. And I think because of the theme, you'll be able to draw on a lot of uh, new gamers to the hobby because of it. So that's our number four, Horrified. Okay, let's move on. Number three. Now, this is not a light game. This is a fantastic game. Uh, one of my favorite worker placements games. This is Abomination, Heir to Frankenstein. And I'm on the video here. I am showing Tim Chuan's video. If you've never seen his videos, gosh, watch his YouTube channel, folks. I mean, look at this. This is cinematic quality. I mean, this is amazing the work he does i i got to see tim last week um just you know we're at an event together just a wonderful guy and just like for my money the the top dog or the the best youtube channel as far as like these type of cinematic style uh videos i'm mean, just wonderful now the game itself is another one there's tim hi tim uh the game itself is a worker placement game set in hey you're trying to create frankenstein's monster and you're doing it through worker placement you got some resource management and this is not a light game folks this is a medium to medium heavy game it's going to take a while and there's been some complaints I, I pretty much agree with it where it can be a little slow at the beginning but thankfully the designer um uh, the designer, oh God, is it Dan Blanchard, Dan Blanchard, I believe? Uh, he released an official, hey, here's a little, like, sort of like um, in Terraforming Mars Prelude, where he gives you a bunch of resources, way to kickstart the stuff. The, he did the same thing for uh, Abomination Era Frankenstein. So you can sort of cut down on that uh, sort of slow slog at the, the start of the game. I mean, it's not too bad, but you know, I know a lot of people complain about that. The artwork is fantastic. I mean, it's gruesome. This is not, I would not say this is family friendly. I mean, it's nothing too over the top, but if you really think about it, it, the theme is pretty gruesome. Like you're taking body parts to create Frankenstein's monster. And what's brilliant about this game, I mean, there's like almost like a built-in timer where those body parts, they're gonna start rotting and decaying. You have to use them before they do or they're gonna be unusable. And you, you know, if you can you'll, you use animal parts, you go grab, you know, a dog and whatnot it's gruesome folks so that's why i don't totally recommend it for family game night but as far as strategy games goes this is wonderful and you can see there in tim's video you're literally putting together uh, different parts in, in the in the body if you love the theme uh frankenstein a classic you know uh book and movie i think this does it wonderful wonderful job of presenting it and I, you know, I, I can't recommend it highly enough as far as, as long as you know what you're getting into. This is not something that, you know, you bring to, uh, I would say you wouldn't bring to like a family type gathering. This is, it takes a long time. It's about 90, 90 minutes to two hours. Uh, and uh, it's thinky, but it's a wonderful game. That's why it's my number three, Abomination, Error Frankenstein. Okay, 
Moving on is the next, oh, a favorite of mine, Dead of Winter. One of my first um, gaming experiences uh, in my local gaming group that I used to be a part of, I think after like, uh, I was there maybe like two months, I was going weekly, and someone brought this uh, um, to the game night, and I'd always want to, you know, I'd heard about it, I wanted to play it, I saw Will Wheaton on tabletop play it, it looked awesome, awesome, couldn't describe it uh, well enough, it was Chef's Kiss. It was brilliant. I loved it. Uh, it is a you know cooperative game, but there's a, a chance there could be a traitor. And the theme, again, the theme for Abomination Era Frankenstein was fantastic. I like this theme even better. This is a zombie game, but it's a survival game, right? You're talking about how are we going to get through, literally, the dead of winter. You've got to worry about starving. you got to worry about a possible traitor. You know, people go a little crazy. You know, they, they may lose it, you know, being stuck in, you know, the dead of winter surrounded by zombies. There are hordes of zombies everywhere trying to take you out trying and there's the dreaded uh die there if you roll that tooth as you move on from location to location you roll that tooth boom you're just automatically dead it's happened to me way too many times and um it's just an awesome game by uh isaac vega one of my favorite designers he's done so many great things this i feel like might may, may be the best of, of the bunch that he's done um in it you are you know it's a crossroads game so you have this really uh really cool crossroads system where uh there are gonna be a narrow cards that you pull and sometimes they're bad sometimes they're good sometimes they don't really do anything but there's always that chance of the traitor so sort of like Battlestar Galactica you never know and I love that about this game and one of my favorite memories of this game is you know I well, actually the first time I played it was a friend of mine at the game night had convinced everyone that somehow I was the traitor. And I was told, no, I'm not the traitor. You cannot exile me. I got exiled and we ended up losing the game because one of the missions, you know, you have to complete missions as a team. And the guy that convinced everyone, he ended up being the traitor. <laughs> it's moments like those that, you know, really make gaming for me. I mean, I still remember that it was like six years ago. I still remember it like it was yesterday. I love that. And as you can see there, you've got great artwork it's very you know very thematic you've got the hordes of zombies ready to attack you oh by the way this is uh jesse of uh, iheart board games another tabletop live network member uh he is uh playing with his friends there uh they ran through um i think this was just on his channel iheart board games uh where he does stuff on twitch and youtube but i love it you're you're digging for items you're trying to get the items you need to survive food um uh, fuel and whatnot you're going to the different locations to get those and of course along the way you're going to run into zombies and encounters with uh, zombies and other folks who may not be uh, that friendly. So that's why it's my number two Halloween game to play on Halloween, Dead of Winter. It's fantastic. Okay, let's move on to my number one, the final one on the list, folks. I had to go with it. Betrayal House on the Hill. It's a classic for a reason. And um, I'm showing uh, the video here from Shelfside, a, another awesome channel on YouTube. Richard uh, Rottleham was just talking about them. They're, they're fantastic. So this is their review of Betrayal House on the Hill. There's a lot of problems with this game. There's no two ways about it. It's broken in some parts. Um, you know, it just doesn't work in others. It can. It's fiddly at times. But you know what? Thematic-wise, it's perfect. It is a haunted house. You're going there. You never know who's going to go, um, you know, insane. And one of those people may or may not. I mean, there you never know. And so it's you play the game. You know, you're just walking around like dungeon crawl style. You know, walking around dungeon crawl style, gathering items because you know the haunt is going to come up. Someone's going to get haunted, go insane, and try to kill off the rest of your party. And I, it's just so much fun. Every time I play this, yeah, it, uh, sometimes it can go too short. Sometimes it can go a little too long, but 
uh, theme-wise and you know the narrative. It is just so on point for Halloween. It's the I think it still holds to this day. Yeah, you have to go to the BGG for some FAQs, you know, and you know make sure you're playing right. It's still wonderful. I, I highly, highly recommend it. If you haven't played it before, it is a great game for Halloween. And you know what? I haven't played it yet, but the Betrayal Legacy game is supposed to be even better. It's supposed to, you know, you go from uh, generation to generation in this haunted house. And, oh, I can't wait to play that one. I've had it on my bucket list to play. But I know that Betrayal, House on the Hill, the original, still holds its day. And I think it's, you know, if if it's my my personal choice for the game that you want to play on Halloween. Okay, and there you go, folks. Thank you for joining me uh, for this video, and I appreciate y'all. Drop some comments on the uh, uh, link. Uh, check out the links below. Drop some comments. Uh, let me know what your favorite Halloween games are. And until next time, I'll see you later. All right, bye. But hey, we're not done yet, folks. This is a new segment here at the end of the show that I'd like to start doing here on the podcast where I talk about listener feedback, maybe answer some questions and uh, comment on whatever uh, is sent in. Now, if you'd like to comment or ask a question, feel free to join the Discord channel. The link is gonna be in the show notes here. And let's get to this episode's question from our friend Sarah Reed, Euro Gamer Girl. Uh, she says, I finally had a chance to listen to the two-player game episode. Really great choices. Have you played Rival Networks? It's one of my favorite two-player games because it's more of a game of one-upmanship than head-to-head -head conflict, which is why I think I don't like most two-player only games. Plus, most are not vision accessible for Will since the two-player design space is often focused on hidden info and or physical movement on boards. Yeah, folks, if you don't follow Sarah already, please uh, follow her on uh, Twitter, your old gamer girl. Uh, her and her partner will make uh, videos as well on I really enjoy their uh, channel, uh, Will and Sarah. They are uh, board gamers. They are designers. They are also advocates for accessibility for, as far as vision issues are concerned. Just great, great people. They've been doing it a long time, and um, I always learn a lot watching uh, their videos and um, you know reading Sarah's takes on uh, gaming in general. But uh, thank you for that, Sarah. Um, I have not played Rival Networks, unfortunately. I have played the original um, Networks, um, which I liked. I didn't love it. It as much as everyone else and it seemed to sort of like you know it was a hit in our gang group before the pandemic uh, people we all enjoyed it but then we just moved on um, not a bad game at all um, I do love Gilhova's uh, designs but uh, this one for whatever reason just what didn't stick with us but after you'd mentioned rival networks I went over to BGG looked it up and I found um, Dan Thoreau aka Spiff, Space Biff his review and it really sounded interesting he compared it to Airland and Sea which is a game I really enjoy um, he also talked about a little bit about uh, Reiner Knizia's Shot and Totten so in those games you have that middle um, row of cards that you're uh, fighting over as far as area control is concerned and it's a hand management game you're playing cards on different cards in the middle in order to try to gain control and ultimately gain enough of them to uh, win the game and from what I understand Rival Networks just takes a little bit of that and if so that definitely sounds like my jam I would love to check that out uh, so thank you for that Sarah you know just a couple of uh, quick comments on that two-player episode I you know I left off one that really I I I don't know what it was. I, I'm, I'm blaming it on my housing situation right now uh, because I don't have my games with me. Um, Sun Tzu, S-U-N um, hyphen T-Z-U, is one of my all-time favorite two-player games. I don't know why I put that there. I, I didn't put it there. I think it might have been because 
number one, I don't have my games around me. But also number two, it's been out of print for a while. Um, I got mine in a math trade uh, years ago, and I know some people have found their copies used, um, you know, through the secondary market. So it's still out there, but it is technically out of print. But that one was definitely an oversight on on my part but i'm happy to talk about it here again in the uh after show um a bit here so anyways that's going to do it for this episode thanks again folks and don't forget to watch uh tabletop live network this weekend for our trick or twitch ghastly game of thon all right take care bye bye You've been listening to the Tabletop Tonight podcast. Connect with me on social media at Ruel Gaviola, that's R-U-E-L-G-A-V-I-O-L-A, and support the podcast at patreon.com slash Ruel Gaviola. 